0: Welcome, I'm Panayota Daphniotis and I'm your host for an intellectual property podcast series brought to you by Dentons Canada. This podcast series covers a broad range of intellectual property topics on patents, trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets, and related IP disputes with an emphasis on the practical, giving companies of all sizes and industries the IP intel they should be thinking about you can find our episodes at www.dentons.com on our podcast page there you can access all of our intellectual property podcasts as well as an episode description for each topic and information about our speakers and now over to our podcast topic and speakers Good day, everyone. My name is Panayota Daphniotis. I'm a partner at Dentons Canada, and I'm here today with my colleague, Ron Hedges, who is from our Dentons office in New York, and who has served uh, over 20 years as a U.S. Magistrate Judge in Newark, New Jersey. Um, In today's podcast, we will discuss the risks and liabilities associated with AI, blockchain, and the metaverse, uh, Ron, great to be with you uh, here again today and uh, welcome to our podcast.
1: Thank you for having me and uh, thank everyone who's going to be listening to this.
0: Yeah, great. Well, you know, Ron, I thought I would begin with a bit of a, a quick overview of certain trends that, um, that, we've, that we've talked about before and that we saw, uh, we've seen emerge from a global AI survey that our firm conducted. Um, And in those survey results, what I found interesting is that we, you know, in in surveying the the various companies that participated, we learned that about 60% of companies responding said that they were using AI in some form, but only one-fifth of those respondents said that they actually had a strategy for that use. And interestingly, another 23%, said they were in the midst of formulating a strategy. So that sort of is even a narrower group um, of companies with a strategy. I, I've, you know, Those findings revealed for me a, a real material gap between use and strategy that we have discussed before, um, which would mean that AI is being implemented without due consideration for the planning for the risks and internal controls that are necessary um, to ensure the AI use is is well-governed. Um, you know. As well, uh, 80% of respondents were concerned, expressed a real concern about liability in the face of uncertainty as to you know, who is liable for acts and omissions of the AI, um, concern for risks associated with vendors, concern for risks associated with collaboration and technology development. Um, so those were real standouts in the survey results. Um, talking about blockchain for, for a moment, blockchain, of course, is increasingly in the news, but many businesses haven't yet realized, you know, what the full potential of blockchain is to make processes more efficient or to develop new service offerings for, for their clients. So while the potential is tremendous, as we know, users need to be very clear about the legal implications, the risks, and the opportunities that blockchain presents as well as its technological limitations. So, you know, finally, I guess to bring everything together as for the metaverse, um, you know, it represents a new evolution of the internet that's that's based on 3D uh, interoperable virtual worlds and AI will help simulate these virtual worlds and blockchain will give users control and allow them to monetize their content. So both, both AI and both blockchain and blockchain play a a pretty key role together in the metaverse. So um, the, you know, in fact, I think the adoption of blockchain technology is probably expected to increase even further as global brands invest in NFTs. Uh, And that's a hot topic these days. Um, NFTs to raise their brand awareness, generate incremental revenues in the metaverse, etc. So, you know, what I've we have these three, what I'm going to call emerging areas. And uh, while the opportunities are great, the risks are as well. So your experience in this in this area is incredibly deep. Um, and, uh, you know, can you talk to us about the advice and basic principles that you've shared with companies on the adoption of new technology?
1: Your introduction raises so many points that need to be discussed. Uh, the first one I would suggest with AI in any new technology, if an organization is gonna bring a technology in, there should be a way to manage it at the beginning. And I think it's fair to say that there are times when a unit of an organization may say, I want to use this AI for this purpose. And the problem with that is going back to the survey you mentioned, There may not be a real strategy in place. This may more sound like this is a new thing. Uh, We want to be at leader in the technology and we're going to try it. And as you mentioned before, there are risks with everything including the basic one. You start to beta test or go beyond beta test. You actually start to use AI in your organization and it doesn't work. So I think we need to step back with AI with anything along the lines you're talking about and look at it from an information governance perspective. And that applies to any technology that you were talking before and we're gonna be talking about blockchain. Blockchain is a way to verify transactions. Obviously it relies on a lot of computer power to get it done. I think we're just starting to see that being used. Uh, I think we'll talk about risks in a little while, but there are a number of risks associated with blockchain that we could touch on a couple. And then the metaverse, the metaverse is a fun topic. I've written on that already. But it's interesting to create a virtual world that doesn't exist and have a company buy some real estate in it or a company buy advertising space in it or have its name used for something else. And effectively, you've got some examples of copyright or trademark infringement going on. The other problem with the metaverse, we're only really beginning to see it in action. We're starting to hear all these technologies, all these companies going into the metaverse. And again, there are risks we can talk about, including, um, I'm sorry to say, risks of sexual harassment in the metaverse. So every technology has a plus and a minus, and we can spend a lot of time talking about what those all are.
0: And and, and there was some FTC guidance in 2020 on the use of AI um, and, um, and basic principles on the adoption of new tech. And I think some of what you've referred to now is baked into, or some of the FTC guidance is baked into what you've just talked about. Do you want to elaborate a little bit further on that?
1: The FTC guidance came out in April, on April 8, 2020, and it gave some guiding principles and the guidance filled in the principles, if you will. First one is to be transparent. So if you're gonna be using some type of artificial intelligence, people should know about it. Your consumers should know about it. Then you have to have a way to explain the decisions that are being made by AI to your customers. You have to ensure that the decisions are fair. And I don't know how much time we're gonna to have to come back and talk about that, but one of the big problems is bias that's creeping into any technology. And there are a lot of reasons for that. I'm not suggesting it's intentional. It may just be the data set you're using or what the AI is being taught, but that's something else to think about. And then another, another overriding principle is ensuring that your data and models work. They use the words robust and empirically empirically sound, which means that you need a data set big enough that you're going to be able to effectively justify what the decisions are. And the last part, of course, not surprisingly for a federal regulatory agency, is you hold yourself accountable for compliance, ethics, and the like. Uh, The FTC is going into this space under Section 5 of the Federal Trade Commission Act, because it can deal with unfair or deceptive practices. And I think it's fair to say that the FTC is looking at all of this and responding to consumer complaints and going into the enforcement area. And we can leave aside for another day private causes of action, when and how you can even have those if there are problems.
0: So you know these these principles that you just you just touched on, and of course they lay a foundation uh, for mitigating risk. But um, as we know, um, it's you know risk can never be entirely avoided. So if we just talk about that risk in a little more detail, and in particular, which is an area you've spent a lot of time in, um, how new tech can give rise to litigation and what type of litigation we might, we might see uh, in these emerging areas. I think that would be really
1: helpful. Well, interestingly, in the, in the blockchain area, there was a decision that came out not that long ago where blockchain was using, being used to pay for child pornography. Maybe anonymity, maybe not, but the fact of the matter is there are transactions and transactions can be tracked. I already mentioned the possibility of trademark and copyright litigation involving the metaverse or virtual reality because people may be hijacking names of products or have names that are deceptively similar to a trademarked name or the like. So those are two simple areas. And then the area that interests me the most, and I don't know where we're going to go with this, has to do with personal liability for wrongful conduct on the internet. I'm sorry, on any of these technologies, but specifically with virtual reality. If I am representing someone who comes to me and says, you know, I was, select, I was sexually harassed, or there was some sexual misconduct involving an avatar, interacting with my avatar, the immediate thought is, well, what's the recourse going to be? I don't know the answer to that one, but I just happened to be reading an article a while ago that talked about or suggested that AI being used for psychoanalysis or the like might give rise to a duty to report by the developer, of, the developer of the marketer of the AI if there's a known risk to a third person that's revealed during the conversation with the AI. There's a California Supreme Court decision from the 1930s that talked about the liability of, I believe they were psychotherapists, some profession, for failure to disclose that someone was threatening to kill someone. And there has been case law around the country since then, basically based on the the common law. But that of course gives rise to the question of what type of regulation we're going to be seeing. I noticed Canada has some legislation that's gonna be affecting AI. We have bills in Congress to deal with AI. We know the EU has an AI Act that's being considered now. So I expect on top of whatever common law causes of action there may be, there are going to be regulations that may or may not allow a private cause of action.
0: That's right. And we are seeing um, some new legislation proposed, uh, more privacy legislation relating to AI Bill C-27 uh, that uh, has just been um, just days in uh, to being announced. And so I think we'll probably have to cover that in a in a, in a separate uh, Uh, podcast. But I I did want to sort of throw into the mix. I mean, you touched on um, in some of the, you know, potential risks rise to litigation and dispute related to uh, blockchain or IP. And I think I'd probably start with, um, you know, IP enforcement, a couple of comments on that. uh, And I'd be curious on your thoughts. But in, in sort of our normal reality, trademark owners, you know, can advertise and sell goods and services under their trademarks and they can enforce their trademarks in the event of unauthorized use. Um, And they can choose to monetize their brands through licensing, right? Uh, But issues have come up in the metaverse when you see this this intersection um, between reality and augmented reality that has created issues with the use in the metaverse of real world trademarks um, that are owned by a third party in, in, let's say, these video games that actually Uh, simulate reality. Uh, So it starts to get pretty complex you know users have their own avatars they can be in the metaverse and they can buy and sell goods um, that are branded with these real world sort of well-recognized trademarks or logos and I'm not even touching on personality rights with celebrities and athletes and there's a whole host of issues um, and some really interesting uh, developments uh, in that space but Trademark owners are now faced with this issue of unauthorized use of their trademarks uh, and their brands in these vir- in this virtual uh, world, um, and there have been lawsuits, uh, I think you alluded to earlier, it, where trademark owners have attempted to enforce their trademark rights. But the, the issue that I see, which I think is incredibly interesting, and I think applies to the development and of adoption of new technologies very generally, but some of these historic concepts and principles in law, and in the case of what I'm just talking about, trademark law, uh, will have to be interpreted differently. You know, These questions of what constitutes use, uh, what's confusion, what's the imperfect recollection of the average consumer, or what is trademark infringement um, are, is shifting and so will the liability. Um, and I think that that's a comment that I would say applies to IP enforcement across the board. Um, I would add, you know, that there is an additional wood of cost caution for users, not just for in the metaverse. Um, but if we're talking about the metaverse, you know, third party IP and resulting using third party IP, in the metaverse and the resulting liability can't be overlooked. And, um, and, you know, there's a whole host of legal issues that we, you know, as we navigate issues of, of jurisdiction and conflict of laws, like none of those have been resolved for even the current iteration of the internet much less you know fully realized virtual worlds where there's even greater uncertainty um you, you know as to interaction um and uh, and so on so so you know there, there's that and i think when it comes to to blockchain i do think that Um, you know, the legal rights and obligations of users, operators, administrators, you know, third-party providers will all have to uh, be um, sort of given due consideration because as we see uh, blockchain expand uh, beyond crypto and deployed in sort of B2B and B2C environment, uh, there's, I think, going to be a significant increase uh, in disputes. And, And I don't know what your experience have been with, with any of those examples. I'd be, I'd be curious to, to hear uh, from you on those.
1: I've read several complaints that have been filed where there are allegations that there is some type of infringement in virtual reality. I don't know where they're going to go. But one point you make, I think is a very important one, Panagiotis, is that we have to take existing legislation and regulations and figure out how they apply. In the space. Um, we mentioned before with the Federal Trade Commission. Federal Trade Commission has a statutory mandate to look into certain things. And that's really, I think, easy to describe it. it's based on misrepresentations, that companies subject to the FTC Act may be subject to. And we have to take that and build from that with the understanding that a court down the line somewhere, we will go to a regulator and say, you've overstepped your bounds. You can't regulate privacy in, oh, I don't know, in virtual reality or on the virtual Main Street or the like. Although my sense is that a lot of this law is broad enough that existing statutes are going to be able to cover trademark infringement, copyright infringement when we see that, sexual sexual harassment, assuming there's a cause of action that might be there. I expect we're going to see courts become very active in this space. And we are, of course, going to see attorneys representing injured or allegedly injured plaintiffs looking at whatever they can to set up causes of action. And to secure judgments or the like against defenders.
0: That's, um, thanks for that, Ron. I think, I think you're absolutely right. We're gonna to have to, um, to keep an eye on, on those developments. I think there's, there's a lot, to, lot more to come on that. Um, I think, you know, because AI, blockchain, the metaverse, I mean, these are all relatively new forces in business. Um, and uh, I think leaders in, in companies may not have had the opportunity to hone their tuition about the full scope of risks or to develop a working knowledge of the associated drivers, um, and sometimes I think it's possible to overlook the potential perils or overestimate their risk mitigation um, uh, capabilities. So, you know, you just alluded to this, and I think this is also uh, quite important: is that you know, real progress and and I think successful adoption to the you know new technologies, and if we're talking about AI and blockchain and you know, the metaverse as it all comes together but it's it's a it's a principle that flows um, for all adoption of, of new technology is that it really does demand um, a multidisciplinary approach that involves you know subject matter experts executives legal um, uh, IT product development teams security and so on and um, I think that's that's um, really important um, I, I don't know if you have any final comments to close off uh, our podcast. I know we we touched on a lot of different things um, in terms of risk and liability, but um, anything further on your end, Ron?
1: One thing we haven't talked about and we don't have time to do it is whether or not these technologies are going to become subject, well, the companies with the technologies are gonna be subject to the various privacy laws. You, Canada obviously has its law and your provinces have their own. we have six states in the United States now that have adopted comprehensive privacy laws. And that's something else I think we need to start looking into if we're dealing with personal information using these different technologies.
0: Which which goes back, I think, to one of the very first points that we touched on um, and that we saw as a trend through the AI survey is a strategy right a comp a strategy that will likely create some governance and a checklist from a compliance standpoint in terms of um understanding you know what what laws and regulations apply and how to comply with them and how to implement um and so certainly developing a strategy um, you know would would be quite helpful um, you know, in the long term, for companies that want to make sure that they have that uh, that compliance and successful adoption of the technology. I, I think Ron, with that, um, maybe it's a good good spot to close it off. Thanks so much for sharing uh, your insights uh, with us and for being with us here today.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Our Dentons
0: Canada Intellectual Property podcast series um, and further content on other areas of intellectual property can be found on the Denton's Canada IP webpage. Uh, So please uh, feel free to take a look or reach out to um, any of our speakers today if you have any questions on this content. So thank you for being with us and take care. During this episode should not be taken as legal advice. Denton's Canadian Intellectual Property Group has expertise that spans all areas of IP. Patents, trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets, and related disputes and litigation. Our speakers from this podcast episode or any other professional in our group would be pleased to speak with you about today's topic or any other IP topic of interest. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for other episodes in our IP series. Stay well.